Um, I was having dinner with uh, Bernard, and then I was told, I remember vaguely that when he was in a home group and he read the scriptures, it was very dynamic. So I said, you know what? You should be reading scripture. So I'm going to get Bernard to come and read scripture today. Zach, you're tall. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's turn to uh, Luke chapter 5. So I'm going to read uh, a bit more than what's posted. So put yourself in the scene. This is Jesus calling the disciples, and in particular, this is Matthew. After that, he went out and he noticed a tax collector named Levi sitting in the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he left everything behind and got up and began to follow him. And Levi gave a big reception for him in his house. And there was a great crowd of tax collectors and other people who were reclining at the table with them. The Pharisees and their scribes began grumbling at his disciples and saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered and said to them, It is not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. I have come not to I've come not I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And they said to him, The disciples of John often fast and offer prayers, and the disciples of the Pharisees also do the same but yours eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, you cannot make the attendance of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them, can you? But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and they will fast in those days. And he was also telling them a parable. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. Otherwise, he will tear both the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wine skins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled out and the skins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wine skins. And no one, after drinking all the old wine, wishes for new. He says, the old is good enough. Let's get Bernard a hand. I just told him right now. Just went over and said, hey, can you read this passage? That's good, very dynamic. Next time, I'm going to give him a heads up so he, he can, I can see him like acting and everything. Just really good. All right. Can you, get, can you show me the YouTube video?
fine I just put running backwards in a race <laughs> a lot of people do it apparently it's really funny no one puts new wine into old wineskins well wineskins were made of tanned goat skins where the legs or tails were cut off and you empty it and the elasticity of the skin is able to stretch and it stretches because of the fermentation process of the wine. So as the wine gets fermented, the new wine is able to stretch. And you don't put new wine into old wineskins because the old wineskin has stretched to its limit. That's what Jesus is saying. There was a season when the, when the, in the Old Testament and the, in the Judaic law, they created this religious system and it was okay for that season. But it's had its limit, and now God is pouring new, fresh wine, new revelations through Jesus Christ. How many guys know God is giving us new revelation and fresh wine all the time? But the passage is saying, if you don't have the new wineskin, you won't be able to contain it. So God doesn't want to destroy you, so He doesn't even give you the new revelation until you're ready for the new wine. How many guys want to be stretched and go into new seasons? How many guys want new revelation? We, we like new things, don't we? Liars. <laughs> Statistics say, I mean, I teach change management at school. So most people do not like change. Now, I don't like change either. As the older I get, I don't like change. When I was younger, I, I think I... I was okay with change. Like my daughter likes change. I went to her house the other day and then her room was rearranged again. She just likes rearranging things. She just feels new. And then she had lights on the, around her bed. She's like always getting new things just to like spice it up a bit. You know, just a little change. But, you know, we're okay with a little bit of change. But as I get older, I don't even want that. I just want everything to be the same. Because we think that the old is good enough and is functional. As long as it's working, it's okay. Most people are satisfied with whatever is working. Don't touch it. You guys hear what I'm saying? Like my dad. You guys, you guys all have a phone? You guys have a phone? My dad was a computer programmer, graduated one of the best universities in Korea, brought computer systems to Korea. He was like avant-garde. He was in the USA Today 
as one of the convo envoys to Korea to bring, I mean, from Korea to the United States to bring, you know, Texas Instrument IBM systems to Korea, to the Korean Air Force. He was ahead of his time. Amen? As he got older, he refused to get a phone. When he was driving, he would get a map and he would actually take the paper map out. And he would mark the route where he should go. He didn't have a phone. He actually got lost uh, on my son's birthday, like his one-year birthday party in Jericho Park, Jericho Beach. But he, I told him, Dad, do you know where it is? He goes, yeah, Jericho. I said, it's Jericho Beach, not Jericho Park. And then he got the map and he circled Jericho, Jericho Park and he was just waiting there for hours. And then he didn't know how to call me because he didn't have a phone. My wife and I were wondering, where's my dad? And my grandmother, who was like 90 at the time, just sitting in a car in a hot weather, June 14th. So we were, I th something is wrong. So I started driving around. They were just in a parking lot in Jericho Park going, where's the party? I said, Dad, Jericho Beach. Two different things. Now, if you had a phone, you would have known that because the phone would tell you. Till his last days of life, he was really resistant to technology because the old was good enough as it was functional. A lot of us are like that. As long as it's working, as long as we're functional, it's okay. How many guys know a lot of us believers are functional Christians, not thriving Christians? Can I hear an amen to that? We're functioning. We're surviving. We're function things are working. It's okay, but we're not thriving. We're not, we're, not, we're not able to contain the new revelation and the newness that God has for us. How many of you guys know God is moving? The river is flowing. God wants to give you new wine, new growth, new revelation, new opportunities, new challenges. New direction, new initiatives, new gifts and talents. He wants to give you all these things because the kingdom is advancing. The kingdom is never stale. It's never stopped. It's never blocked. The river of God is flowing. It's from Genesis to Revelation. The river flows through it. Have you ever seen a stagnant river? Have you ever seen a river that's like stopped? Maybe by a dam. But if you look at a river, it's flowing, it's crystal clear, it's like fresh, it's bursting with life. There's like fish jumping up and down. I've never seen that, but I'm just imagining. The river is bursting, it's flowing. Genesis to Revelation, Genesis 2.10, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it parted and became into four heads, Pison, Gihon, Hideko, Euphrates. These are the four rivers. And the word Pison in the Hebrew is full, flowing. It's not a trickle, like not a drip. Drip, drip, drip. It's an overflow. Gihon is bursting, breaking forth making way. The river is breaking through, is making a way. It's bursting and it's making a way where there's no way. And it's rapid, it's swift, it's fast, it's going, and you better hang on. 
Rephrates is sweet. It's incre- there's increase in fruitfulness, and it's causing you to bear fruit, and there's life along the river. How many guys want to be in the kingdom of God where there's overflow of God's goodness, there's breakthrough, he's making a way where there's no way, things are happening fast, and there's sweet water, and increase of fruitfulness. How many guys want a life like that? That's what I want. I won't settle for anything less, because that's what Jesus died for. He didn't die so that you can be functional. He didn't die so that you could be satisfied. He actually, when you are dissatisfied with your life, that's a blessing. That's the Holy Spirit giving you a holy angst in your heart to tell you there's more out there. Some of you guys are dissatisfied. Thank God. You're alive. The Spirit is still trying to burst out of you. It's bubbling up. It's a river, not a pond. A pond is stale. It's not moving. There's all kinds of nasty stuff in there. One of my colleagues from Trinity, he's the tech guy. He's the director of technology and director of everything. I go to him for every little thing. Something's not working with my computer. PowerPoint's not working. Isn't that what you did, Zach? This one, you, you did that at UBC? You're the tech, technology dude? Yeah. yeah, you did. What are you talking about? You didn't do it. So he was trying to advertise something at, at Trinity, and he was making a video, and I saw the video, and then he went, there's a little pond at Langley campus, and he went and he jumped in the pond. Like he was swimming in that nasty pond, and I was like, oh, he sent the video for all the faculty and staff to look at. I looked at it, I went straight to his office, and guess what happened? He's like sick. He's like, oh, I feel so sick. He's like coughing and he's got a virus. And I looked at him and I'm like, why do you think that happened? The pond. But was the video good? I'm like, no, I feel bad for you, man. You could have died. That pond is nasty, poisonous. And he's like, you know, but it was all worth it for promotion. And I, I looked at him and I said, dude, you are not right in your head. Something is not right up there. He's like, you know, I'm never going to do that again. But it was worth it. Why didn't you just drink it? He was literally swimming in the pond. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Would you ever do that? Would you ever do that? If the church of God is not flowing, and we are not moving, we, be, we become a pond. Where people start eating one another, people start backbiting each other, gossiping because we've got nothing else to do. We start talking about each other's problems and issues. We've got religious rituals that you just go through the motions and it's functional. We're working. You come every Sunday and you just do the same thing and you go out for lunch and that's a functional Christian. You're not a thriving Christian. Sooner or later it becomes a pond and there's no life. All just nasty, gooky stuff. And instead of getting better, you may even get sick in the church. So this parable teaches this. Jesus, he will not put new wine into unstretchable containers. And you have something to do with that. He's saying, you become the new wine. You can either be unstretchable or stretchable. And the oil that, that lathers the leather 
It softens it up. If you're an old wineskin and you've been going to church for a long time and then you feel stale, good news, there's the oil of the Holy Spirit that can soften you up again and make you stretchable. And that oil of the Holy Spirit is called humility. It's your ability to understand that I am functional and I'm not thriving. I'm not, I'm not bursting with life. I'm not, I'm not, there's no bubbling joy in my life. There's no excitement and a vision for my life. I don't have a vision for the global transformation of the world. And Jesus is coming back and he's going to redeem all things. I don't have a vision for all of that. The Lord says, I can, I can, Re-oil you. I can refire you any moment. You just need some humility and say, you know what? I need to be stretched again. You have free will. God created us to be free. You have a choice. You can do it or not do it. You can stay functional. You can stay unstretchable or you can be stretched. That is your choice. Amen? God has amazing things for you and if you don't want it, he won't give it to you. He won't force it to you. My son's sitting right here. I mean, you guys, some of you guys heard this story, but I, it's one of the best stories that I could tell. My wife was away, and then I made, I was like really excited because I wanted to make pancakes with blueberries in it. So I made it. I tasted it. It was all right. It was not the best. I'm not a good cook. I was, back then, I wasn't a, the best cook. And he was sitting there. I said, son, come here. And he was like a little kid. And he said, I said, and because mom wasn't cooking it, he didn't want anything to do with my food, right? I said, here's some blueberries. Here's a blueberry pancake, son. He said, no. I said, eat the pancakes. You know how long, daddy? Look at the kitchen, it's messy. Eat the pancakes. He said, no. I said, eat the cake. I said, it's good. And then I just tried to put it in his mouth. He's like, no. And I was like, put it in, eat the, eat the pancakes. And he's like, no. And I said, you know what? I'm going to put syrup on it. And I soaked it in syrup. And I'm like, ooh. And I just started putting it on his lips so he can taste the syrup. And, I, and then the pancake, he would spit out. The syrup, he would lick. And I'm like, what is wrong? And I said, eat the pancake. And I soaked it in pancake. I just kept eating. He said, no, no. And, I just, and then I started getting upset. You'll open your mouth. Oh, you're going to your room. He's like, no, you're a mean daddy. No, no, you open your mouth, son. You open your mouth. You're going to eat these pancakes. Open up. And I was just thinking, the Lord spoke to me. He's like, this is, you are violating his freedom. And the Lord was looking at me like, is this how I, this is, is this how I do things for you? If you don't want it, you're not going to get it. Look at all this kingdom river bursting with life. Amazing. Even you're going through trials. You understand there's valleys and highs. You will see, wow, God is good. You will see. He was going to take you to the nations. He'll take you. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You want it? Taylor's like, no. Maybe you're not ready for it. Because the passage is saying if you're so resistant and he tries to force that new wine into you, both will be wasted. It's for your good. You cannot contain that new revelation. You, you're going to have to stay in that old functional life and he doesn't want to destroy you because some people are not ready for the new revelation. 
because it requires something of you. That's why most people don't change. That's organizational behavior. Organizations don't change because they're satisfied with what they got and they have an illusion with what they got is better than what other people have that's new. That's why people don't change. And because they don't want to pay the cost. And to pay the cost will be a lot of disruption in their lives. They're, they're unwilling. So God will not put that new revelation into you because you're going to have to pay the cost. If you're not going to pay the cost, there's going to be a holy disruption in your life and it can cause you to burst. And the enemy could use that to put guilt and shame upon your life. This is not a message to put guilt and shame. This is a message of offering. I'm giving you an offer. And for some of you, you're, not gonna to you're totally not going to get it. Some of you fall asleep during my sermons. I mean, nobody falls asleep that much. But If some of you fall asleep in your sermons, God bless you. Because it's not my sermon. It's your inability to hear what I'm trying to say. You're not ready for it. God is preserving you for another season. It's okay. But new wine cannot go into an unwilling heart. You have to be stretched. So Philippians 3, 13, 14, it says this. She says this, forgetting things which are behind and stretching forth to things which are before. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The word behind is an imagery of a foot race going back to cover the path. You know why I showed that video? That word behind is this Greek word, and you can be the root word of that of that Greek word behind is when somebody's running a race, and then they decide to go back and cover the area that they went covered already. You guys understand? And Paul is saying, Paul is saying, how ridiculous is that? You already ran that part. You've already gone through that area. To go back and long for that, to long for something that you've gone through, is to negate what God has in front of you. Most people long for the past because they don't have faith for the future. Oh, I remember when the youth group, and we had a good experience at youth group. Man, I went to youth group myself. It's had some good experiences, some bad ones too. Amen? Oh, I met my, 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 my young adult church. Oh, yeah, it was good. We had a good time. I grew a lot. To long for that is to look behind and say, that was better than what God has in store for you. That was good for a season, but I'm running the race for something ahead. That was good for a season, but I'm not going back there. I got something new. Oh, remember when I had friends? My friends were so good. They encouraged me. I wish I had friends now. The Lord is saying, you cannot see the new relationships that you can have now because you're longing. Your back is turned and you keep running backwards. And you're trying to establish something in the past that's already gone. It's not going to come back. The race has been raised. You're, you're running a race, and you're going backwards. And it's like that woman is like, oh my God, hey, what are you doing? Oh, like, it's ridiculous. And the Lord is saying, Paul is saying, that's what it looks like. 
Stop talking about the past as if it's the glory days. That's why the Lord says we go from glory to glory to glory. Stop talking about the past as if it was the height of your life. I have friends who talk about golf shots that hit like 10 years ago. Every time we get together, remember, remember we were in Prince George and I hit that shot and I'm like, dude, that was like 10 years ago. What about now? Some of you guys talk about God speaking to you like five years ago. What about fresh bread now? What is God saying to you now? Because you are unstretchable. If you're willing to hear whatever God has said, God is willing to say to you. God wants to say to you. If you're open to whatever, then you will be able to hear. If you're willing. The old, that word, old wineskin in the Lucan passage that we just read, that old wineskin also could mean obsolete, inferior. No, not of use anymore. That's the Greek. You guys, can you turn to that picture? Remember Blockbuster? You guys remember Blockbuster? The old people... <laughs> Bernard and I remember. That was like every Friday night. That was some reprieve from our children. Because we bring our children, and then they will go to the children's section, and they'll be there for an hour. Like, and they give you free popcorn there. Then my wife and I, we can have a date night at Blockbuster. Just, what movies do we watch? And these guys are like looking for their movies. It was a great experience. Amen? The DVDs and all that. Uh, how many blockbusters are there in the world? One as a museum. It's a museum, I think, in America to go there and go, this is what, what we once did. People actually went. There was no streaming. People actually went to a store and got a movie. Amen? It's, it's, no, it's not of use anymore. Have you seen, can you see another picture? Do you remember this? Yellow pages? <laughs> That's a waste of paper. I had a guy who worked at Yellow Pages, and I said, dude, you have to have some foresight, you have to have some vision, because the Yellow Pages is no longer going to be, it's not going to be in existence after a while. They're like, because it's called the phone, and it's called Google. Google will tell you everything. It's like, no, no, people still like the book. And people will want to go through it themselves. And I said, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Are you blind? I couldn't believe he was saying this. I couldn't believe he was saying this. You know why? Because most people invest so much into their past. They invested so much and the past is going away and they're not willing to invest into the future. So they are blinded by the, by, they're blinded by how much value there is in, in what they have versus what they could have. You guys understand what I'm saying? They overvalue the present and undervalue the future. Let me say that one more time. When you are satisfied, you're unwilling to stretch, you don't want any disruption, you don't want any cost, you don't want any new relationship, you don't want to go to a new church, you don't want to do this, you don't want to do that, you don't want to get a new job, you're not willing to break forth and stretch and get a new job, 
move to a new city, you want to do whatever you want to do, you just, you're not willing to break out and take a risk, you're going to have to accentuate what you have here and overvalue it in comparison to what God can give you over there. Some of you guys can't have new relationships because you overvalue your present relationships. Like this is the height of... There's seasons. You have seasons in relationship. You have seasons in life. Seasons in jobs. So you had a good season, good run. You got to go to a new season. Amen. Because God is always moving. He's never stale going, oh man, I'm tired. Let's just stay, stay put for a while. God is advancing. He, and the Lord says in the... The scripture says he's forcefully advancing. And forceful people lay hold of it. You got to be a little bit more aggressive. I've never heard of a passive Christian advancing with God. I don't want to. Okay, fine. Never heard of that. I've heard of people who are aggressive. William Carey that stood up in a meeting and he stood up and said, we must save the whole world. And the people of that tradition, that denomination said, sit down and shut up. We don't do that kind of thing. He said, I believe there's going to be a million souls, youth, young people who are going to be saved for Jesus. And he created the biggest missionary movement in the history of mankind. William Carey. You know the seminary that's named for him? Carey Seminary? That guy. Do you guys understand what I'm trying to say? Why would you? Why would you? Why would people do this? Because it's predictable. People don't like unpredictability. People don't like to have faith. Then people, faith means you can't predict everything. You trust God for a good outcome, but you cannot determine the steps. That's adaptive behavior. You're here, you want to get there, you don't know the steps. It's unpredictable. And Asians are known to be, there's actually a study done that most Asians, many, many Asians, in our, it's called cultural dimensions, it's called Hofstede's cultural dimensions, Asians are high in uncertainty avoidance. We're anxious, we get nervous, we don't want, we don't want people, we don't want, we want everything to be lined up. One, two, three, four, five, six. If you just tell me to do these ten steps, then I will get there, then I will do it. But if you tell me to go there, and they're like, I don't know, what to, what's next? I don't know, there's so much uncertainty. I don't know, I have to wait. I have to wait on God. I have to pray. I don't know, I don't know about this. See, when you want the steps, you're not trusting in God. You're trusting in the steps. <laughs> you, want, you want something that's predictable. That's why as older you get, you want things that are just predictable. You don't want any more disruptions. The older you get, a lot of disruption, and it causes you pain. And pain, you have Things that are unpredictable, things like curveballs coming to your life, and you don't want that anymore. You're avoiding pain. Most mental illnesses are rooted in people's desire to run from pain. And they surmise that pain is because there's unpredictability. But if I can just predict everything, I can avoid pain. If I can control my child, I can avoid pain. If I can control this situation, I can avoid pain. But control is an illusion. Nobody has control except God alone. We surrender to the one who has control. 
You guys know that I teach this in, in university to non-believers? They, they like, they get really touched by it. I say, are you in control? They're like, yes. And I prove it to them that they're not in control. And at the end of the class, some of them are like going like this. And then they ask me, professor, then who could we put control to? And I said, good thing you asked. You know that I'm a Christian, right? I surrender to Jesus Christ, who has all power and control. Resurrection of the body of Christ. He has power over death. And they're like, we knew you would say that. <laughs> but some of them come after me. I'm like, I really write me emails and say, like, this is a deep class. This is not an organizational behavior class. This is a spiritual class. Amen? We like predictability. That's why my wife and I go to Surah Korean restaurant. It's a shout out to Surah if you ever listen to this. Give us some free. We go there every week. And what do we order? Sometimes twice a week. We go, sometimes I just need some Korean food. That's the best restaurant. Best restaurant in Vancouver. And I go there. And then what do we order? We look at the menu. We pretend to look at the menu. And then we, we know what we're going to order. We've been ordering the same thing for the, during during COVID, during everything, order the same thing all the time. Torso bibimbap. <laughs> Spicy beef soup. You get down. That's what I grew up on. We eat that. That spicy beef soup melts away all the African food I eat in Africa. I come here and it just melts everything away and I'm back to normal again. We go there and the, even the servers know. They come. They don't even, they don't even wait till we get the menu. They don't even wait for us to even pretend to look at the menu. They're like, usual. Usual. That we just, why do we all? Because my wife, I, I tried it like, I'm a little bit more adventuresome than my wife, and my wife is like, you know what? It's safe. At least we'll have a good meal. You don't want to try something new and then you have a paradox. But honey, this is not the last meal you'll ever eat in your whole life. But she's like, no, I just, want, I just don't want to spend money and then not be satisfied. How many guys know sat being satisfied? is the enemy of your prophetic vision. There has to be a holy dissatisfaction with the way things are now. Continually. People look at me and go, you must be satisfied with your life. Things are going well. Never. Because I know there's more. I know I'm still growing. I know I'm, I'm always trying to be stretched, stretched, more, more. I had a meeting with them, my African leaders in Africa. We're going, I'm going back next year. Ooh, does that mean you're coming? <laughs> Who's coming? <laughs> We're coming. I'm like, and I had to organize everything. And uh, it was a great meeting. Jacob was there. Jacob, it was a good meeting, right? Great meeting. And then we like aligned everything and we're like on vision. And because they're like, one of the, one of the, our board members said, it, <laughs> he said to me, I now believe and know that you have been talking to God. I'm <laughs> just giving you some, <laughs> some things that we want to do. He's like, it's so clear. So clear. We are, ah. My God, the revelation. Whew. You have direct access to Jesus. I'm like, what the? 
Why? Because we don't leave everything the same. There's stretching. There's more. There's more we can do. I'm always thinking, thinking outside the box, thinking, what can we do better? What can we do better? It's not because I feel guilty. I'm like, I should do more because I feel guilty. God's not going to approve of me. I want more because God approves of me. Because I am approved now and I'm a son of the Most High God. He has something, in, something ahead that is greater than what it is now. So I'm happy in the present. But man, there's something in the future. And that future is going to have to redefine my present. And if I need to change, adjust. I'll do it in the present because the future, forgetting what's in the past. Thank you for that. But man, I'm looking ahead. Amen? Come on. Don't be safe. I know we like to use that word in our world right now, safe. Don't be safe. Be unsafe. Live in a... Be unsafe. Be, don't try to have everything so, so ordered in your life. Do something amazing. Try something new. Go for it. I don't know. Sometimes I talk to young people and I feel like ages is re- like our ages are reversed. Like I'm the young one and you're the old one. No, I don't want to try that. I'm okay with my job. Do you like your job? No, I don't like my job. Okay. Do you love your girlfriend? I think so. Maybe. Why are you with her then? I don't know. We're comfortable. Do you know that there was a couple that I was going to marry and then my wife kept on saying to me, you can't marry that couple. And I said, honey, they already booked everything. They've been planning. They've been, they sent out invitations. My wife's like waking up at night and she looked at me and she slapped me. <laughs> she didn't hit me hard. She just woke me up and said, can't marry that guy. You can't marry that couple. And I'm like, honey, honey. I'm going to be, I'm going to look so bad. Their wedding is like a month away. She's like, can't marry that guy. You can't marry that couple. And then so I called them and I said, dude, do you love her? Yes or no? What is love? (laughs) Such a nebulous term. We're good friends. I'm comfortable with her. And I said, dude, I can't marry you. No, I can't marry, I can't officiate your wedding. It's like, why not? Because you don't love her. It's like, it's a month away. And I say, I'm sorry, I'm doing you a favor. You don't love her. Okay, tell your parents. <laughs> and the parents called. I was like, oh no. Parents called and said, thank you so much. Fun- finally, somebody stopped the wedding. I'm like, I wanted to yell, why didn't you tell him? <laughs> Why you make me the bad guy? <laughs> that guy was going to go through with it. Because he had no faith that God has something better in the future. He did not have an identity where he believed that God, you're a God's son. And he's, you should not settle for people that you're not, you're, God has not called you to. Amen. Because he did not have a vision of the future. We all live in the future backwards to the present. We don't live from the present to the future. If you don't have a vision of the future that is good, amazing, you cannot live in the present and change. Amen?
got to have a vision. That's why I'm just trying to create a prophetic culture in our church where people are sharing God's vision for each other. That's what we want. We want people to come into the church and they're like, I, was, I just heard a story, uh, Danny Sook, if you don't know him, he's one of like international leaders on family, like focus on the family, but he's not, he's not in, that denom- in that ministry, but he created his own. Right? He's a really famous guy. But when he was age 22, he walked into a church, and he sat there, he's like doing drugs, smoking, drinking, whatever he's doing, having affairs. This is a family guy at the age of 22. Somebody who had the gift of prophecy came and pointed him out and said, you're going to be the next James Dobson, which is the focus on the family, if you guys know what that is. You're going to create healthy families internationally. And he's like, what? But that vision restrained him. Something about that vision caused him to believe that God still has things in store for him, that he has a destiny. That's why Proverbs 29, 18 says, prophetic vision. He says, without prophetic vision, people cast off restraint. But with prophetic vision, you're disciplined. Forget about all these things. Those things are important. I got to change. I got to do things because I have something ahead. People who have vision are disciplined people. They can't get distracted because, man, that vision is so good, so grand, so amazing. I got to focus. Amen? People think, well, what are you giving up? I want to just let you know. My wife and I, we've given up just in the last month. I laid some things down in the altar, things that I had, I thought were my lifetime dreams, but I gave it up to the Lord. So I'm not going to do that because I need to focus on a greater vision. It's called risk. Faith is called risk. R-I-S-K. Amen? And how, really, your past, was it really that good anyway? When I was, I'm thinking about my past when I was in high school, man. I was insecure, had a lot of acne. When I, was, I even put a Band-Aid on my acne and somebody's like, did you cut yourself shaving? Yeah, over here, yeah. When I was in university, I got no money. I had a girlfriend, though, yeah. <laughs> Seminary, I had no money. Insecure. All my friends were so well-versed in the Bible, I had nothing. It was a tough time. Vancouver, I had no money. Three jobs. Working at Sport Mart with a bunch of teenagers. That was not good. Listening to heavy, heavy metal music. Hmm. First church, man, a lot of suffering there. Rain City, hey, it's good. Nothing bad so far. But man, remember the office building we were meeting in and we got kicked out? Hey, yeah, that's not the best. Some people talk about, remember the good times we had at the office building? What are you talking about? <laughs> remember the good times when we had the office? What are you talking about? We didn't even know where we were going to meet the week after. It's not the good time. We're at, we're at a good time right now. Okay, just 
don't mess up anything. Do you understand? But we're going to have to move even from this place. People are like, we're going to move again? Yes, because the God is on the move. Where are we going? I don't know. What are you going to do? I don't know. But I know it's going to be good. And we're called to transform the city. You little guy, you just a group of 30, 40 people? Yeah. And we need to adjust to make that happen. We've got to make things adjust. We've got to adjust. We've got to get right people on the bus. We've got to do it. You understand what I'm saying? It's going to cost. It may hurt. It may stretch you. We're going to have to put our resources in. We're going to put our energy in. It's going to cost you. It's going to stretch you. But you're going to stretch out for the goal. It's like stretching out to your limit. That's what the Bible is talking about. It's like stretching out to the, your uttermost limit. You know how those racers, they go in the, at the end, they're like, <laughs> that's stretching. Amen? We've got to try new things. Put the oil of the Holy Spirit on you and, uh, and then try new things and be softened. Be humble. And you guys, some of you guys come from traditional churches. Like, I don't raise my hand. I don't sing out loud. This is, we never did this at my traditional church. Man, try something new. <laughs> Do something. We never jumped up and down. Try something new. I never span around during worship. Try something new. Well, try something new. Try something new. It's good for your soul. Don't just sit in the same seat every Sunday. Try something new. People sit at the back. Why don't you come early and sit at the front? Try something new. You guys, sh- even my students, they're young. Some of them are 20s. And even my grad students, they're like 30s, 40s. But man, I tell them, hey, why don't we stand up and switch up seats? And they're like, oh. But I already have my laptop plugged in. I don't want to. Oh, They're so resistant. Okay, why don't you just move one chair? Okay. <laughs> now, I'm, not, I'm not joking around. This is honest to God truth. People do not... This is my seat. Do you see your name on the seat? <laughs> Do you see your name? Taya? No, you don't see the name there. It's for anybody. Anybody see it? You just come early and kick Taya off that seat. <laughs> Taya's like, why, why, why? That's my seat. Oh. Yeah. Well, try something new. Come to a prayer meeting. Oh, try something new. As a Christian. Am I supposed to? Why? I've never tried that. Praying. <laughs> Praying together. I've never tried that. Oh, try something new. Try something new. Wake up early on Saturday. Sleep early on Saturday and wake up early for Sunday. Try something new. See what happens. Amen? I remember my assistant pastor at my old church, she was like, really, she, got, she was tatted up and I recruited her for that. I said, Emily, you're my girl. Next to my wife, you're my girl. <laughs> You become my associate. She's like, okay, you're going to let me do things? I'm like, I'm going to let you do things. What do you have in mind? She's like, well, I want to do a, kind of a techno worship thing. I said, what? <laughs> so it's, like, it's like a rave. I'm like, you're going to, what, you're going to do drugs, fake drugs? She's like, no drugs, but we're going to do techno. You trust me? You trust me? And I said, <laughs> I trust you. <laughs> and then she said, just let me handle it. Give me some resources. Let me handle it. I was trying to look for the video, but I'll show you the video maybe next week. 
I came into sanctuary. It seats like 500. I came in. All I hear is, doom, 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 doom. And I went, what is going on here? People had all this, like, you know, those glow, glow sticks? <laughs> they were, like, doing glow sticks. And then there's, like, worship music, but it was on techno, and people were all dancing on the stage. And I went, I was, I was uncomfortable. <laughs> Me and my wife were sitting at the back going, ooh. <laughs> I didn't know. But these, these young guys loved it. And I'm like, and there was like lights, and she, she, like, she spent money on these lights. I'm like, oh my gosh, and there was smoke in them. But I knew her heart. Her heart was to spread the gospel of Jesus. And I said, so we had to like adjust that a little bit to some feedback. But I let her do a lot of things because we need to be stretched. And I hired her, so I want to be stretched. <laughs> Just stress me. Oh, I'm uncomfortable right now. We're going to do a sex marriage something conference, right? She said, we're going to do a SDM, sex dating and marriage conference. I'm like, that title even sounds bad. <laughs> and she did this conference, and she just went, she had like a dating seminar. I mean, speed dating thing at church. And Jason and Victoria got married through that. Right? Victoria, I said, how is this going to be godly? I don't understand how this is going to be redeemed. But Victoria got married to a godly man, and they got two children. I don't know. You got to try new things. You got to shake things up. You got to change it around. You just do different things. Come on, people. The Lord's prompting you, man, if you fail, you always fail forward. There's no failing. Only failure in the kingdom is people who just stay where they are. Amen? Okay, this is my last point, and I'm going to end. Two minutes. See the picture there? I just drew that before church. I just drew it right here. See that caterpillar there? See that caterpillar? You, you see that little caterpillar? It's, it's red and blue dots right there, caterpillar. You see that? That's your old life. And then there's a tree. It's called the tree of life. This earth, this, oh, look, there's so many leaves. I'm satisfied with all these leaves. I get to eat all the leaves I want. I'm satisfied. But you're living on this plane. You think that's all there is to it. And all of a sudden, you meet Jesus, and you meet the tree of life. And you start climbing up this tree. And then there's a branch. He's the vine. We are the branches. And you start walking out into this branch. And from that perspective, God gives you a vision. Something greater than what it is. And because you see that vision, the caterpillar cocoons itself. They die to their old life for the new life. And they get transformed. You want your transformation? You have to die to your old ways. What is this? There's butterflies flying. Look at Jessica. She's flying. She's like, look, I'm flying. You want to join me? You're going to die to your old self. Zachary, like a bigger butterfly. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's worship. 
There's a new way. Hey, you want to worship like this? You want to come this way? Hey, caterpillar, you got to cocoon yourself and die to your old ways. You guys like that? Yes. Nobody can see clearly until you see clearly what's ahead for you in the future. And you have to put faith in that. And that depends on you trusting the nature of God. Is He a good father to you? You can believe that God has good things for other people, but do you believe that He has good things for you? That's a different story that requires faith. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. I'm just going to call some people out uh, that have gone through my Hearing God's Voice class. It's time for you to pray for some people. Amen? So, Chris and Tiff, come over here. I'm just, I never told them this before. They're like, what is happening? I know, okay. I'll pray for you afterwards. All right. Some other people have gone through my Hearing God's Voice class. Tyler. Then Jacob, then Jess, you can come too. It's okay, you can come. You're my, you're my family soon. My anointing's on you. All right? All right, let's pray. Lift up your hands. Receive the prophetic vision for your life. Some people ask, like, why do you keep making us do these things? It's because I'm trying to make you uncomfortable. That is, my, that is my plan. We thank you, Lord, for what you have in store for us. We give you all the praise and glory because what you have in front of us, what lies ahead is so much greater than what is present. We thank you for what is present. We thank you for our past that we've learned from. But, Lord, we move ahead. We stress forth to that which, is, which you have called us to. We're never satisfied. We trust in you. Speak to us. Tell us what to do. For some of you, I feel like you need to redefine relationships. Maybe end some relationships. I sense that. Some of you, I sense that it's time for you to transition out of your job. For some of you, it might be like going back to school, finding a new skill. For some of you, it's just giving up your old ways and hungering for more of God. And some of you, I think it might be you have to leave your whole church. I know it sounds really bad to say that, but you don't have to come to this church. And I mean that with all my heart. You just got to go somewhere where there's life. Some of you are running on fumes. 
pray for a new season. Some of you may have to move to new cities. We give you all the glory, Jesus. Give us faith to do all those things. are new to the church first time I encourage you to come up and receive prayer it's always a blessing when you just don't be scared what's going to happen is they're going to bless you they're going to speak to you about what they feel like God is saying to you God is saying to them about your future your present um, I've trained them to hear God's voice maybe if you have a hard time hearing Sometimes we need somebody else to speak that and then you get a confirmation from your heart. That was what God was speaking to you about. Amen? So come forward and just receive prayer. They'll be standing here. Don't make them feel weird by just standing here by themselves. Just come up and receive prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good week. I'll see you guys next week.